everybody. How are you guys doing? This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today to Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. Today is Wednesday, October 14th. And today I'm going to give you a little shot in the arm from the Word of God and answer some questions from listeners. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Hope you guys are having a great week. How's your heart holding up? How you guys doing? How you doing in the middle of all the craziness and everything that's happening? How's your homeschooling? How How's your marriage? I hope you guys are doing good. Uh, we have so much to be thankful for right now. You know, we're coming into Thanksgiving season. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Thanksgiving is my favorite, my favorite time of the year. And I don't think I've ever been more ready to celebrate Thanksgiving than I am right now. And I hope you guys are are getting excited about it too. I said to my husband, you know, a couple of days ago, I was like, I just, I think I just want to put a Christmas tree up and call this whole year done. <laughs> How about that? How about that? Um, I'm going to take questions from you guys today. And I didn't take them on Mailbox Monday because Karen was here and I really, uh, we had so much great information. I needed to, to make that into a two-part series. And so I'm going to answer your Mailbox Monday questions today. I was trying to think of a of a fun word for Wednesday if I answered your questions, but I can't think of anything. So if you guys think of something, let me know. If you've got a question that you would like to submit here at the podcast, you can reach me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. And that's where you can submit your questions. Before I get to it today, I want to take you to the word of God for just a minute. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, verse 27, the very first part says, if you search for good, you will find what? Favor. If you search for good, you will find favor. And in 1960, uh, before it went all to heck in a handbag, Walt Disney had some good stuff. And they released a feature film that was based on Eleanor Porter's 1913 novel, Pollyanna. And it starred a child actress by the name of Haley Mills. Some of you guys are old enough to remember her. Remember, she was in The Parent Trap. And I mean, I grew up watching this girl on the on the big screen it was fun. Well, I didn't discover this delightful story until I was 7 years old, the Pollyanna story. But the lessons that I learned from it made a lasting impression. Pollyanna taught me that my circumstances don't need to determine my attitude. And if you guys aren't familiar with the story of Pollyanna, by the way, you should totally watch it with your kids. It's so good. Um she was sent to live with her wealthy unmarried and rather uptight aunt after she was orphaned by her parents who were missionaries. So as the story unfolds, we see Pollyanna work to win the hearts of grumpy townspeople. Hello, Rona. Everybody's grumpy right now. She worked to win them through relentless optimism. And it seemed that everybody around her was looking for the bad things. And so Pollyanna said, hey, I'm going to search for the good instead. And I got to thinking about this and how I have, you know, feel about the Rona and everything else and, and my frustration with the elections and just with all of it. And I got to thinking, I can be, I can be pretty negative. I could turn into like, you know, negative Nelly. And I got to thinking about Pollyanna because instead of wallowing in disappointments, she taught them to play the glad game. And that's something that her father had taught her. Well, the point was to learn to find something about everything to be glad about. So no matter how disappointed or sad or frustrated uh, Pollyanna felt, she began to look for things that she could be glad about. And it all began when crutches came 
instead of the doll that Pollyanna had wanted so much. And her father had used this disappointment to prepare her for the inevitable disappointments of life, right? Whenever things were sad, they would play a game uh, saying that a glad word in every sentence. So Proverbs teaches us that if we search for the good, we'll find favor. Now she would say, if you search for the good, you'll find it. But the Bible actually says, if you search for the good, you will find favor. And I wonder, you guys, if the glad game would be as useful now as it was then. I think so. So let's give it a try. So let's say that the frustration is that your child is complaining about the meal that you just made. And maybe you play the glad game with your child and you can say, "Um, I'm so glad I have a mother who makes dinner for our family. (laughs) We're teaching our kids to be thankful instead of ungrateful by turning it around and saying, aren't you glad you have a mom who makes dinner for your family, right? Maybe your frustration is that your son or daughter is struggling to learn a new skill. So if you play the glad game with them, you could say, you know, even slow progress is still progress. I'm so glad to see you're improving. Maybe you've been up all night with a newborn. I know my my daughter Savannah has been going through that. Not so much right now because Junie's about six months old. But, you know, you get exhausted, then you get angry. So maybe the glad game would be something like, I am so glad that God gave me this beautiful, precious baby. And I'm also glad the season of sleepless nights is just a season. It's just a season. Maybe in the Rona, you know, I I was playing the glad game with my kids the other day and I was like, okay, the Rona, it just frustrates me. You know, it's a joke to try to go to restaurants. Everything's crazy right now. But I'm so glad that there are tens of thousands of kids are not in public school. Thank you, Rona. Thank you. There's always something to be glad about. Perspective is everything. And in the words of Pollyanna, when you're hunting for the glad things, you sort of forget the other kind. So the Pollyanna principle might've been written in 1913, but I still think it applies today. And so we got an opportunity to model it right in the middle of of COVID-19 and all the craziness around us. We have an opportunity to be uh, encouragers and to be lights. And so I hope that we will we will continue to do that. All right, I'm gonna answer your questions. First of all, before I answer them, I just wanna say to you guys again, how thankful I am that you are willing to leave these questions. I love reading them and I love that you are sending them to me. And when I finally figured out how to use my form again, I found a whole bunch of them. <laughs> so thanks for uh for bearing with me on that. I really, really appreciate it. So here are a couple of the questions. I'm going to just go ahead and get as many done as I can in the next few minutes that we have. And uh, and I hope that you guys hear your your question because I know a lot of you have been waiting to hear answers for it. Okay, she, uh, this one comes from Catalina. So hi, Catalina. How you doing, girl? She said, Heidi, I love how you share short, simple, and sweet. We are either voting for communism or socialism or for a free republic. Uh, And we know that many foreigners have come to it for refuge, right? But I don't remember it verbatim. And I want to share it verbatim regularly with family and friends who boast in Biden and or or Harris or simply not voting at all. Oh, cringe. Uh, Okay, so when you don't vote, especially if you're a Christian, not voting is voting. Not voting for one side is is definitely going to help the other side. And so remember, I think the most important thing you guys can share with your family and friends who are just, you know, they think Trump is too uncouth. 
or whatever. By the way, my friend, uh, Pastor uh, Jack Hibbs is coming on the show with me this next Friday, and he is going to answer this better than I ever could because I asked him if he would come on the show and talk about, you know, talk to the people who are just like, I just cannot vote. My my Christianity just will not let me do it. Uh, I want him to really address that because he's done such a good job of doing it. But I think the most important thing you tell people right now is we are not voting for personality. We are voting for policy. It has to be about the platform and not about the personality, about the policy, not about the personality. And when it becomes about personality, frankly, you know, I don't think Biden has anything to offer in that. And 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 uh, Kamala Harris is a nightmare. I don't know if you guys are paying attention to her, but she is no friend of Christians. That's for sure. Go and just Google her comments on Christians and Christianity. Uh, Hillary Clinton just said a couple of days ago, I saw in the news that basically, and I'm not quoting verbatim, but the, the gist of what she said was that Christianity is responsible for basically all the evils in the world. All the ills are because uh religion and because of Christianity. And these are the people that want to run and shape our nation. And Trump may not be a Christian, but I promise you he's being influenced by godly people. And I pray for that man every day. Wouldn't it be amazing if he met the Lord of Heaven's armies? Wouldn't it be amazing if Trump had a a conversion? It would rock the world. It really would. And God can do it. And so I'm, I just encourage you guys, policy trumps personality, pardon the pun. And uh, that's what we're voting for. Okay. We're voting for a worldview. You're not voting for a person. You're voting for a worldview. And we literally are choosing this time between the free market and uh, Marxism and socialism. And I've talked about that. You guys, I did uh, Marxism at the door of America, Google that podcast and listen to it. It's more important now probably than it's ever been. I mean, certainly in my lifetime. Uh, Next question comes from Aline. Hey, Aline, thanks for writing in. She says, Heidi, my company is starting to introduce pronoun training. Nice, nice. I cannot agree with calling someone created in God's image as female, he or vice versa. And the homeschool grammar teacher in me cringes at the use of they and their for a single person. Okay, can I just, Aline, can I just say, this is insanity. This is what happens when Christians get out of the public square. We start calling each other them and they, and we start saying, you know, my name's Heidi and my pronouns are her and she, of course they are because I'm a, I'm a woman, I'm a female. Anyway, this is, this is godlessness. This is what happens. My question though is, is it a sin to cater to someone's sinful delusional behavior by referring to him as something other than their biological gender? Quitting my job when I'm a primary breadwinner in our family is obviously a huge decision, but if my job is forcing me to sin, that's something we need to consider doing. All right, so a couple things. Aline, I wouldn't say that you were sinning. Uh, The culture is backward, upside down, crosswords. By the way, Joe Biden, for those of you who are wondering, he wants this to happen all across the country. He's a big fan of transgenderism and proper pronouns, just so that you guys know. And Trump has actually said, no, we're not doing that. So again, stark differences. But uh, Aline, I don't think you're sinning. I would say if it violates your, I probably would not be able to do it. I probably would have to find another job because I'm not going to participate in encouraging somebody in a delusion. I just won't do it. It's the same reason I won't wear the mask. Uh, The truth teller in me just cannot handle it. I think we need to be kind, right? But there's, I heard about, you know, not too long ago, Uh, a listener sent a letter in and she said that she worked for a tire company and the tire company, there's a a young man that worked there 
He was from the East Coast, but he knew that if he came to Oregon, he could get transgender surgery for free because the taxpayers will pay for it. That's actually a true story. So this young man, obviously very confused, starts to transition into a woman. He wants everybody at the tire shop to call him a woman. He's clearly not a woman. This is a guy with a mental problem, right? And instead of calling this stuff mental problems, instead of saying, hey, we can get you help, what the culture says right now is we need to play along with the lie and we need to encourage these people in their delusion, which frankly only serves to hurt them even more. And so when you know that someone's behavior is actually going to bring them harm and you don't want to play the game because you know it's not good for them and you know what it actually is, that speaks well of your character, all right? But I wouldn't call it sin by doing what your company is asking you to do with the pronouns. I would just tell my company, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm not going to call a man a woman. I just, I'm not going to do it. We're not helping these people. It's very weird. The pronouns are weird. The grammar is wrong. The whole thing is goofy. And uh, we need to, certainly we need to be able to start talking and having these these normal conversations. But the culture, they don't want you to have normal conversations right now, Right. They want you to participate in delusion, and it's really sad. But I think let yourself off the hook in the area of sin. Uh, all right. So thanks for the question. Uh, it looks like I've got time for maybe one more. Um, Heidi, thank you for all that you do. This is from Jennifer. I am so grateful for your truthful voice during this time of evil lies. Would you please consider promoting the National Day of Repentance? So I did that. So if you guys didn't see it already, there's something awesome that just happened a couple of weeks ago called the return. And you can actually still see it. And I think that that call to prayer and repentance should be happening all the time. And so we should be in constant prayer. I loved what I saw at the return. Did you guys see that where they were blowing the shofars? All these people at the same time blowing a shofar. It was amazing. It was something to see. So you can find out more information. This The event itself is over. It took place on the National Mall, but you guys can find out more information about it at the return. And Jennifer, I would have totally talked about this earlier, except for like I told you guys last week, I somehow locked myself out of my own form. And so I didn't see your questions. I didn't see them in time. So so that's a bummer. All right, dear Heidi, can you please point me in the right direction? This is gonna come from an anonymous listener. My oldest is 11. And for the past year and a half or so, she has been saying things like, how do we know that God is real? Or how do we know the Bible is real and not just a book? I homeschool my kids and I use biblical curriculum, but sadly we don't get to go to church very often, even before the Rona, because my husband is not a believer and doesn't like us going. So my oldest has said the last few years and on the rare chance we do get to go that she doesn't want to go. She wants to stay home and be like her dad because he doesn't care about church. So why should she? So any help or advice on how to answer her questions or respond on church would be so helpful and appreciated. So first of all, sweet mama, can I just tell you right now that the Lord cares about your children. Your job is to offer your children a cool drink of water from the word of God. Your job is to is to encourage them to walk with the Lord rightly and to understand his word and to be able to um to hear the truth from you, but we cannot make these decisions for our children. And you definitely have a harder, uh, harder path because you have a husband who's un, who's an unbeliever, but I'm going to encourage you right now to pray for your husband and pray that the Holy spirit would, um, penetrate the heart of your daughter. The Bible says that the whole, that's the job of the Holy spirit. It's not your job. It's the job of the Holy spirit and he can do it. And God would not want you, you know, wringing your hands and being worried when you've done everything that you can do then the Bible says we stand. 
we stand and we, we want to pray for our children. So I'm going to encourage you away from a place of this, um, feeling like it's all on you. It sounds to me like you're doing the very best that you can. And then spending more time in prayer and more time praying for your husband to know and become a Christian and for your daughters to get your daughter in particular, to give her heart to the Lord. God can do it. All right. He absolutely can. So I just want to encourage you toward away from feeling this terrible burden, which it looks to me like that's what's happening right now. And to a place of just being able to say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I know that you're at work. God is at work and he loves you and he loves your daughter. All right. So I hope, I hope that that, uh, that that helps you. It certainly has been, you know, I mean, I have seven children and I can't control what they think. I can't control whether or not they want to walk with the Lord. I can't control any of it, but you know what we can control? We can control, uh, our prayers for them. And so I just want to encourage you back to that place and say, keep praying for your kids. Don't get discouraged and, uh, and mired up. All right. So I hope that that, I hope that helps. Um, I had a couple of you asking about the Bible study, particularly asking about whether or not, uh, you felt, I felt like studying revelation right now is going to be kind of too heavy of a study, given the fact that we're in the middle of a, you know, the Rona and all the things that are going on. You guys, I think studying the word of God is the most exciting thing I've ever done. Studying revelation is a fantastic uh, book to study because you know what? It puts evil men on notice. And God is saying, there is going to come a day when I am going to make things right. The Lord is coming back for his church. He's coming back. And this isn't going to be happening forever. All right. This is just happening for a little while. We're waiting for the Lord to come back and he will come back. All right. So I just want to encourage you guys to a place of just being able to, uh, to enjoy the study of the word, enjoy what we're doing at MomStrong International. Uh, the study is called People Get Ready. And I think you guys are going to just love it and be so encouraged. And I want to encourage you in your study of the word. And so, uh, and so there you go. So that's, that's pretty much all I wanted to say about that. One more question that came. And I think I can answer this one really quickly. Uh, a mom called and or mom wrote in and she asked, have we ever, um, taken heat from having a big family. She said, my husband and I have two children now. We would like to have another one. We've been thinking about it. We've been trying to get pregnant for a little while, but God hasn't answered our prayers yet. And we're starting to get um, criticized from people who are like, why would you want more children? Listen, you guys, listen up, listen, listen. One of the best decisions my husband and I ever made, apart from choosing to follow the Lord, was to have children, to have a big family. The biggest blessings of our life. And I love being an author. I love speaking. I love the podcast. We love the Friendly Planet Homeschool Resource Center, all the things that God has allowed us to do. I love all of those things, but they pale in comparison to the gift that God has given us in having children. And I never want, uh, I want my children to know that they were, they were wanted. People think, oh, you know, I had my last daughter when I was uh, 41 years old. We prayed for her. She wasn't an accident. We prayed for her. We were like, Lord, if you'd be so, if we could be so blessed by you as to give us one more child. And he did. And I'm telling you what, you guys, I'm in my fifties now. Best thing ever happened to us in our old age, <laughs> that little girl, that little nine-year-old. And so, uh, boy, I never talk people out of having babies, right? The Bible says that the fruit of the womb is a reward. It's a gift. It's also a lot of work, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Hang in there. Uh, study, study what God says about children and, 
ask the Lord to just bless you in the years that you have uh, to bear children because it really is a precious gift. I can't have any more kids. I actually don't want any more. I'm in my fifties now, but I, uh, ended up uh, several years ago. I've, I've wrote about this and talked about it on the podcast. I don't have time to go into today, but I ended up having to get a, a hysterectomy. It wasn't something I wanted to do, but it was absolutely necessary. And, uh, it was a, a very good decision for my health. I felt so much better after that. And I'll tell you what, you guys, it put into perspective how very thankful we were for the years that God gave us to bear children and to experience the joy of raising a family together. Uh, the years that Jay and I were having babies, you know, he will often say it's, it's just magic, right? It's amazing that a husband and wife can come together and there can be a spark of life and we can have children. Life is amazing. Life is incredible. No matter how those babies are conceived or what are the, what the circumstances are of their birth, life is precious. And, uh, And I just want to encourage you to see having children that way. It really is a precious season in your life. All right. That's all the the questions I've got time for today. If you guys want to have a question answered here at the podcast, you can submit it to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. We love studying the word with you guys at MomStrong International. And again, we're going through the book of Revelation. Join me for my study. People get ready and engage your children in it. That's why we wrote Kids Strong. That's why we have copywork. Engage your children in the work that God is doing through the study of his word. All right. We love you guys. Have a great day. And I'll see you back here tomorrow. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.